This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Company. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI-audio's on-air community, and everyone's invited. And now, the big man himself, Kelly McDonald. All right. Time to settle on back. Oh, look, another week ahead. Oh, look, so much great content. That's for you later, folks. I mean, like, Wednesday stuff? You'll learn about it Wednesday. Well, all right, all right. I'll tease you Tuesday afternoon on the end of the show about it. Okay, I'm just so much generosity. Amuth and I have to say that that's just one of my flaws. So much generosity. So much generosity. <laughs> yeah, I know. I immediately, obviously, think of the roundtable and the generosity spread on Thursdays, you know, giving us a heads up about... Well, hold on. Hold content. on. The audience oh. doesn't know. Don't okay. kill it. You're kill. All right. Yeah, no, so, you know, especially if we have Brock on and then you say something like, maybe sports will make its way onto today's roundtable. Whew, just cherish so these moments of let's kindness. let's talk about the advantage you have just been given. Again, my generosity. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, because once in a while we have some technical difficulties, it dawned on us that, well, the person hosting the roundtable... Danielle McLaughlin's done it once. You've done it several times. Mr. Richardson has ended up kind of doing it because mm-hmm. somebody gets knocked off the air. We know curse. technology, Rogers customers. Sorry, guys, just kidding. Um, so we've kind of gone on the backup that probably the other hosts now should see the questions first. Now, I'm hoping it doesn't discourage, well, I say questions, topics first. I'm hoping it doesn't discourage other people from jumping on saying, well, when do I get to see them? Because then, which is fair, but we've always gone on the fact that people don't know what they're going to be. So we're hoping that co-host, just in case said Kelly disappears off the system or somebody, that maybe they'll wait until they need to, to look to see. And, you know, I understand it might Mm -hmm. be a bit of a disadvantage because you might say, I don't know why the heck this clip is being used. What the heck is the idea? What's the point? Because yeah, now you have to Put generate, yeah, the, the conversation around the topic. But here's the thing. It's kind of a be careful what you wish for a situation because now that you do send out roundtable topics, and this is super recent, okay? Just listeners out there thinking, how long has this been going on? We were so... Behind our yeah, back! Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. This is super recent. But anyway, my thing is, now that I know, I don't want to know, Kels, because I enjoy, I, yeah, I really yeah. enjoy coming in here, not knowing what you're going to spring onto us and, and uh, commenting there with absolutely no foresight. So, I don't know. We might have to, to rejig the way that we're doing it still. Yeah, well, senior mm-hmm. producer Matt Agnew, we'll leave that to him to come up with. He is very good at finding those ways of uh, solving these problems, sure. torturing us with a different way so we don't yeah. have to. Oh, no, no, Ramya. You know, I mean, other than it'll cost you 10 bucks for the answers here. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever gotten paid for these um, offerings. No, puts yet. it out there. Mm-mm. Wants to be sure. <laughs> uh, we thank Jeff Ryman, too. He's, by the way, uh, teching the show today. Let's see what's coming up on the program, folks. Brock Richardson, he'll be, oh, he'll get mad, too, that those are being put out there and he's never had that opportunity. Anyway, he's here first off to talk sports in his weekly sports update with us. 
Andy is coming out of hiding. Andy Frank, our manager of AMI-audio, and he's going to be joining us to give us more scoops on what's going on with AMI-audio. New schedules, new releases of podcasts, and video podcasts. We always feel that we're headed back to school whenever we start an edition of Kelly and Company. We learn so much on the program and get to play class clowns. But today, a different angle on this. Danielle McLaughlin takes us back to school to share strange school rules that really, honestly, do exist. That conversation with her in hour two, right here on Kelly and Company. A little item from Rome, ladies and gentlemen. The pasta debate is heating up Italy. This retired cook is among the 90% of Italians who will continue to boil their pasta to the end rather than turn off the gas flame once the water boils to save on gas, as some are now doing. If you turn off the flame early, you'll end up with soggy pasta, she says. She and others recommend keeping the lid on the pot and using less water. 50% of Italy's energy comes from gas, much of that from Russia, which has been cutting off supplies in retaliation for EU sanctions after Russia invaded Ukraine, leading to soaring gas prices. Megan Williams, ABC News, Rome. So we know I'm going to say pass because I'm not really a big pasta eater, but I will say I I understand a bit of the dryness thing, um, like when things kind of cluster together, you know, but again, I'm also thinking craft dinner. Uh, But... (laughs) Oh, and I like gosh. that cheese on there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have to hand off to someone who enjoys pasta Ooh. and understands it a lot more than I do. Your thoughts? Okay, so pasta is great. I do make a, not a like a fair amount, but an okay amount of pasta uh, from, not from scratch, like boiled pasta. Okay. Right. But I'm not sure about the straining, not straining thing. Maybe it's because of the the difference of situation with water, with fuel, with everything that they're talking about. Or maybe it's just not understanding that there's a lot of um, difference of opinion with this. Yeah. Because for me, it's just boil my pasta, strain it. So would you leave it on, like they say, right through till it's through so you're not getting moist, that you're getting far more dry out? No. I just give my pasta a cold bath after. Ah. See, I, I... so That's that it my thing. I want together. some moisture. I see. I don't mind some of the stick together, but I still want it moist. I don't know if you can have the best of both worlds, really. I don't know. You Even, know. but I do have some um, challenges with all of this stuff where you, people toast their quinoa stuff like that. Right, I'm right. used to having my rice a certain way. I don't want it crispy. Having my noodles a certain way. I don't want it crispy. That kind of thing. But yeah. I don't even know if this is relates. You see what I'm saying? Well, it's same family and texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what, what I think people get into. If you tend to like your a drier pasta, you're going to probably like it more drier rice, I guess. I, I Again, but not an But is it like expert. dry toppings or the pasta itself feeling I, I think dry? the pasta itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just eat it out of the uh, packet. <laughs> <laughs> um... Big changes are coming to Burger King, folks. The king lost its crown in 2020 as Wendy's became the number two U.S. fast food chain by sales and retained that spot in 2021. So Burger King will invest $400 million in its U.S. restaurants over the next two years to revamp its stores by updating technology and kitchen equipment and go heavier on advertising. And there are also plans to upgrade its app to offer smoother ordering. On the menu side, Burger King will renew focus on its Whopper burger with new flavors, add to its chicken menu, as well as developing more breakfast and plant-based items. The move comes after several years of disappointing sales at Burger King's over 7,000 U.S. stores. Todd Ant, ABC News. Okay, so 
have no idea if this is coming to Canada. I understand menu changes and some of the things they want to implement that they know are going to have to be done, when you, whether you're talking plant-based or the more breakfast options, making sure you're in the game. But at the end of the day, it always blows my mind because they have so much money to say, well, need to make these changes if mm-hmm. we're going to stay in the game and try to regain the crown. Um, spinning the old magic ring that the king has and see what kind of you know mojo he can put on it. Uh, do you like this? Do you care enough? Do I we care enough? I don't care enough. I can't even remember the last time I had Burger King. And if I'm going to go for any fast food anyways, it's probably Popeye's or KFC. But the And they're not in the top three. No, they're not even in the top three. But that's what I mean. There's so many fast food choices to begin with. Who who's looking at the story and you know some of us are going oh my gosh Burger King if you're if the Whopper is one of your favorites and others of us are going okay so you're spending all this money trying to make it better is it going to make a difference I don't know they, they all go through the same change though mm-hmm. it, it, I've heard this from McDonald's Wendy's yeah. everybody has add more to your menu spend all this money do the menu changes and yeah. get new equipment in here so we can cut down on the accidents and stuff and bad food sure When we uh, return on the program, Michael Babcock is with us. iOS 16 is uh, out today, and he's going to highlight some great new features to keep in mind. Right here, beginning in two minutes on Kelly and Company. Glad you're with us today as we begin the week here on Kelly and Company. Catch the Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. It's new time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Joita this week speaks to disability activist Andrew Gerza and Brock University professor Chelsea Jones about making sex education inclusive of people with disabilities. That's the Pulse, Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific here on AMI-audio, also available to you as a podcast. And as a matter of fact, folks, a video podcast through YouTube. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts of the program. And on Mondays, we like to get the latest on tech and all the different updates that have to do with tech and accessibility. Let's bring on Michael Babcock. It's time for Talking Tech with Michael, bringing you a shot of technology news to get your week going with sprinkles of assistive technology. Michael, where better to start than with Apple's recent event uh, last week? They announced three lines of products. Can we start there and find out what they announced? Certainly. So if you haven't heard yet, which a lot of listeners may have already heard, Mm -hmm. Apple released three different updates to their product lines, I guess is the best way to explain it. They released the watch, uh, three models of the watch. In fact, the Apple watch. Yeah. I I was taking Mm. some notes down for today. I'm like, man, there was, there was a lot of products that were released, even though they're covered over three of these categories. So the Apple watch eight, the Apple watch SE and the Apple watch ultra. Uh, what are the what are the three watches that they released? Um, they also the the biggest difference in the three the Apple Watch Eight 
uh, is the same size as the seven. It will also provide a similar battery form factor. Uh, it has a similar form factor. Uh, a lot of the, the innards of the seven and eight are the same. If you have a seven, I don't recommend upgrading. Even if you have a six, unless you really need one, you're, you're probably pretty good just keeping the same watch. Unless you're looking at the Ultra, which is their $799 watch, and it is now 39 millimeters, one of the nice things is you do have the ability of using the same bands that you're already used to. Mm -hmm. And the Ultra, why it intrigues me is because of the fact that it has two speakers. So, uh, you know, louder audio when you're on a phone call, there's three microphones in the watch, uh, which wow. should help with cancellation. So they're really taking this, they, they market it to people who are big outdoorsy people, which I admittedly am not. I need to... To, to do that more. I talked about that on Saturday. I need to get out and get moving around more. Uh, but it's also good for someone who just wants an upgrade to the experience. My wife told me yesterday that she wants an Apple Watch and an iPhone. I'm not too happy about that because she has a Galaxy <laughs> now. <laughs> so, oh, wow. All, yeah, uh, super intriguing. They also released the AirPods Pro 2. I am interested in these. US 249 is the cost of them. And why I'm interested in them is they have a speaker on the case. Now, I can't tell you how many times I set my AirPods down and I walk my case down and I walk away with the AirPods in my ear and then I need to charge them and I yep. don't remember where I put Where's the that case. case. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, bought a, a specialized case for my case, which sounds a little meta, that would hold an AirTag so I can find my case. Mm. Of course, they, they also released the iPhone 14, 14 Plus, 14 Pro, and 14 Pro Max. The 14s do not have a Pro line. Biggest difference in these are an always-on display for the uh, Pro and Pro Max, and it also comes with, of course, better cameras. Um, I, I will not be upgrading. For those who were curious, LiDAR is only available on the Pro and Pro Max, not on the 14 and 14 Plus. Okay. Um, before we move on, do you have any question for him? No, I just uh, wanted to know if there was a Find My feature for the case now, because that was the thing, right? For, for the AirPod yeah. case, it was like, where's my case? Right. Where's my AirPods? Can I even hear them if they're in their case and they're pinging? So, That's why the speaker so would be there, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, there's there's a speaker in there. And, and another thing that I forgot to mention, there's also a loop on the case that will let you hang it from like keychains or something. Nice. So oh. that's also handy as well. That that's very intriguing. But yes, Find My is supported on the case as well. So um do you think that releasing so much and I, I'm not you know, I I'm going back to everyone, Android, everybody's having any releasing of, of a bunch of products. Are we getting a lot coming out, Michael, because through the pandemic there was a trickling of production to a degree with everything being so backed up, but also people reluctant to just go out, spend money on it, or just go out and or, or order something online without being able to get into the store and whatever and put their hands on it? Do you, do you have any thoughts as to how what would make them decide, let's run a bunch of stuff out? Um, I think it's a lot of catch up because you're right. There was the, especially the uh, production line uh, manufacturers issues with being able to get chips uh, over the last, I would say year or so. So they're definitely doing a little bit of makeup. And I mean, it's what people are expecting. I was, yes. 
I was not surprised that they released all of these products. I was surprised, honestly, at how cheap the Apple Watch Ultra was. Yeah. And at $800, that, that doesn't sound cheap, but uh, analysts were projecting a price of $999. So it, it's definitely a bit cheaper than what people were thinking. And and they were, you know, look, a couple of years ago, you were still pushing for whatever the product now is. And you look at it, not a couple of years ago, let's say four or five years ago, you know, and people are, oh, wow, quite happy to spend the 900 or whatever for one mm-hmm. if they wanted it and and whatever secondhand one um also today this is something for sure everybody's waiting to hear a little bit about ios uh, 16 is out today can you remind us of a few new features that people can look forward to with this yeah so we have a brief period of time here and i'll run through these anyone who's interested acb community um i'm part of a panel tonight and we'll be spending 90 minutes going through some of these details you can get information by sending an email to community at acb.org or it will be published to the acb community podcast feed as soon as it is available some of the new features that are available in ios 16 is the ability to within the first two minutes of sending a message recall that message or delete it or unsend it note that the person you're sending it to needs to also be on ios 16 and they are made aware of the fact that you resent it it's not like it just secretly goes away uh, you have the ability to edit messages up to five times within 15 minutes so if you misspell something or something you can just edit it and if you want to go see a history of the changes you made that is doable you can edit uh, the lock screen and add widgets and, and personalize that not the most intuitive for a voiceover user, admittedly, for 16, but it is doable uh, and you can get it done. And I would like to see some improvements in that experience. You can also schedule emails later. So if you're not like me, who uh, if it's 1130 and I'm on the computer at night, I'm going to send that email <laughs> and you want to be more professional and send it to someone who will get it at like eight o'clock in the morning. You can schedule that email to be sent. Uh, that is an option as well. And then, of course, there's a lot of, uh, of voiceover updates. Uh, one of the nice things about the watch that is the software is released today too that I have not played with but I am working on playing with is the ability to mirror your iPhone or your Apple Watch's screen to your iPhone so you can interact with your Apple Watch from your phone if that's something you want to do. Uh, and then the last thing I'll mention for iOS 16 because it is kind of important especially if you do this mm-hmm. if you are sending voice messages the voice message button is no longer in the lower right hand corner where it has been uh, or above the letter P when you don't have any text and the keyboard is showing you now actually have to go to audio and then under audio there's an option to send a voice message and audio is one of the apps so if you're not showing your apps and iMessages you do need to show those um, and I have a, a tutorial where we showed you how to do this actually Demasi recorded it showing you how to do it and it'll be on my Twitter uh, probably after the segment because I forgot to tweet it out. Seems kind of clunky though, no? Putting it in it an is. app. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's very frustrating. Uh, there are two other ways to send voice messages. You can say, hey, S person who I'm not going to say or she's going to send a voice message to someone random. Uh, so say, hey, S person, send a voice message to Michael or Kelly or whoever, and then it'll say, okay, I'm recording, and then when you're done, just stop talking, and it will send it. So that's one way. The other way is to uh, lift your phone, hold it up against your ear like you're making a phone call mm-hmm. in the message thread, and then you can send your voice message that way. So there's multiple ways. But if you're used to just touching that button in the bottom right hand corner, just be aware that that now says dictate and will activate the dictate function versus the voice message service. 
Okay, well, I take it back. I I like having dictate there as well, but definitely, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, if you know, voice messages are a default way that you like to communicate back and forth. It's um, it's gonna take a while to get there. So, what will you be getting, Michael? I haven't bought anything yet. I am really intrigued by these AirPod Pros too, and that's probably what I'll end up getting. Uh, but right now I haven't gotten anything. And if my wife has her way, I'm getting an iPhone Pro Max and an Apple Watch Ultra and <laughs> now the Pocket Book hurts, and uh, she'll probably want a pair of these AirPod Pros too. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, oh, they're just yeah. adding up all the dough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe I need to talk to Mr. F and see if we can uh, get some more time or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, I think yeah. we'll change Apple's name if you're spending that much to Mr. Michaels. Um, uh, yes. Outlook Quick Steps can save some time. What is this feature? Yeah, so Outlook Quick Steps is something that I have seen and disregarded. Didn't really think, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need anything to do with that. I'm not a professional too much. I don't work in an organization too much. And so why should I mess with these? Uh, Kelly Ford posted on Twitter, though, how he is using Outlook Quick Steps and how it's an underused uh, tool. And I said, well, maybe I should go look at it because Kelly likes it. It allows you to set a keystroke or uh, be able to go into the menu and select the action to uh, perform Quick Steps. Uh, There's a couple of them that I'll run over real quick, one of which will move a selected message to a folder and and marks the message as read. There's an option to forward a message to your manager and mark the message as read. Uh, so that's super nice. If you're an if your organization is using Office 365, often they are able to automatically detect who the manager is, so you don't even have to enter their name, or you can put in their name uh, when you're doing it. You it'll uh, there's an option to move the message to a certain folder and mark the message as completed and read. And uh, the, there's a few other ones that are available as well. And you can trigger these by using a single keystroke mm-hmm. or by going up to the menu and choosing the option there. Mm. Yeah, these do sound like they would be really helpful. Can you walk us through how to set it up? Yeah, so if you press the Alt key, that'll put you on the home menu in Outlook. I I presume uh, everyone knows you need to open Outlook to get to these. Press the Alt key to open uh, the menu. Press up once, and this will put you into a search where you can search all the menu options. Type Quick Steps, and then you can use your down arrow key to locate the uh, Quick Steps option, or there's a sub-menu that will list off all the Quick Steps that are available to you. Okay, which Quick Steps do you tend to use? I, when I discovered this, decided that it would be my new favorite one, and that is archive and reply, because how many times do we send a message or send a reply to someone and then close that message and archive it? And often, uh, me, I just would rather it just automatically archive it, put me in an edit field so I can start typing my reply and then hit control enter to send that message, and then I don't have to see that message and listen to, did I reply to that already? And if you're using something like... uh, Exchange or Office or Gmail as your backend uh, email provider, then archiving the message still means you can search it in the future. It just gets it out of your inbox. Yeah, the archiving is something that I didn't use for a very long time and now use it for everything. That along (laughs) with, you know, actual mailboxes, like forwarding (laughs) things into um, its own mailbox because it's just clean, right? It is. I... I have sought out this this elusive thing called Inbox Zero. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I mm-hmm. have found it a couple of yep. times. Yep. There's 3,400 emails in my inbox right <laughs> now. <I'm red. laughs> Brutal. 
All right, Michael. Yeah. We'll pause there, but I am looking forward to hearing about your one password alternate discoveries. So um, maybe we can talk about that next week. Thank you for everything you brought us today. Of course, you guys have a great rest of your show. Thank you. Michael Babcock joining us on Mondays. And we talked a lot of Apple today and a little bit of Outlook. So uh, go back to the podcast if you need any refreshers. Well, the word is today they're launching the new Neutral Zone video podcast available through YouTube. And also you can still catch it as a podcast. Brock Richardson, he joins us on Mondays for our weekly sports report. We'll see what he's lined up for us to talk about next as we step aside for a couple of minutes. Remember, if you want to reach out to the program, you can do it in several ways, as a matter of fact. You might have a question. Feedback at AMI.ca. Just email it in. And the gang at Communications and Marketing, they'll help out with that. Feedback at AMI.ca. Ask your question. That may regard our show, AMI-TV, AMI-Tele, or AMI-Audio. Anything. Go ahead there. 1-866-509-4545. If you leave a message at that number, mention it's for Kelly and Company. Hey, give us permission to use your message on air. We'd love to hear your voice if we get the opportunity to and and if we can use the message. 1-866-509-4545 is the number to do that. On Twitter, you can follow AMI-Audio at AMI-Audio. Nice, simple handle in which you can keep up with what's happening on all the shows while we're live or just ask your questions of AMI-Audio handle at AMI-Audio. Ramya Muthan, she's at Main Campus in Toronto at our head office. I'm at the home studio in London, Ontario. So is this guy at his home studio. Let's bring in the Brock Richardson to talk sports. As a former athlete, I eat, sleep, and breathe everything sports. I'm Brock Richardson. Join me every Monday for your weekly sports highlights and our take on the weekend action. This guy's feeling quite sporty today. A lot ahead for for him. The Neutral Zone gang today. Reminder, their podcast, video podcast drops so you can find it either way. Uh, Brock, what is your leadoff on our program as you get ready to tape the first Neutral Zone later? Yes. Monday is become my busiest day of the week it's uh, a fun day but it is the busiest day and i love it and it's just beginning so i have two leadoff items for you guys today uh the first one is that calgary newly calgary flame nazim kadri donates one million dollars to london's health science center there is a picture floating around that he is standing in front of a uh, sign that says his name plus uh, the uh, surgical center. So it says Nazim Kadri and then the surgical center on a sign. So this nice. is kind of cool when you uh, consider that, you know, uh, biggest donations that I could think of was P.K. Subban with uh, the Sick Kids Hospital over in uh, Montreal, which he still does. I love when, you know, professional athletes open their wallet and donate to causes that they think is near and dear to their heart. And I thought I would bring that to you today because I know uh, Kadri was just in London with the Stanley Cup not too yeah. long ago. So, yeah, showing cool it off story. down uh, at our Victoria Park. He stayed around, of course, for this and uh, did this million-dollar donation and it was on the news the other day. Incredible. And this should cut down, as they were talking about on the news, uh, weights that people right now are having. This allows people um, 
to get in and get some surgeries that right now have been maybe secondary, put on hold. Uh, so this is really exciting, $1 million. Just fantastic, Brock. Yes, it is totally. And I hope it's something that continues over time for sure. Uh, the second item for you guys today is one that's related to uh, the passing of the Queen, and that is that something circulated on social media after her passing over the weekend that there is a picture of the Queen hanging over the uh, ice of the old Winnipeg Jets uh, arena. So yes. that surfaced over the weekend, which is very cool, which kind of signifies to me that she loved her hockey as she did uh, a preseason dropping of the puck in, in a game out West and she just loves her hockey. So kind of a nice homage to the uh, late queen. We were talking awesome. about this on the show last week and they're talking about putting it in a mall. You know, Brock, the thing is the old Winnipeg arena, it, it's a different, it was a different era back then. Um, she was on the throne 70 years and there was a lot much a lot more back when you talk through the you know 50s 70s and on on back uh of of that connection with the queen so to find pictures of the queen all around in different public places wasn't unusual mm. yeah for sure brocky uh shall we talk about the ottawa senators and the national hockey league they've made quite significant acquisitions so highlight some of these for us Yes, so let's start with the first one, and I would argue as the most significant one. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim, Tim Stutzela signs an eight-year extension with the organization. He was drafted by the organization. $66.8 million. They also signed Josh Norris to an eight-year deal. 63.6. I think they like the number six in Ottawa. Uh, These the signings, which is cool. Uh, they also signed Claude Giroux from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers at 19.5. That will get him a three-year uh, three deal, again, at 19.5. And then acquired Alex Dobrynkit from Chicago. So lots of moves if you are an Ottawa Senator fan. So there's been a significant increase in ticket sales for the organization. Are you buying what they're selling? I think Ottawa is going to be better than what they were last year. And that's not saying much because they weren't very good last year. They were mm -hmm. better than what people expected. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs is the real question. The answer to that is I think they could possibly squeak into that third, uh, third spot in the Atlantic division if they play up to their potential. And we say that a lot about athletes. You know, we got to play up to their potential potential and i do believe they can do it i don't um want to vote against a team like boston or the tampa bay lightning they are a very consistent team and consistent organization but ottawa can be in the mix for that top three seed for sure if not a wild card brocky can you give us an update on the toronto blue jays moon of baseball uh yes so the Toronto Blue Jays went uh, on their last road trip. They won eight out of nine, I believe it was. And what an outstanding weekend. Yes, they didn't get the sweep. All good. That's okay. I think what we're seeing is that they uh, got production from the bottom of the lineup. 
I get, we're talking about Espinal, Jansen, and Tapia. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, significant thing you need to have. You need to have production from the bottom of your order. And uh, very, very good to see that. I want to move over to Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette had a 22 for 43 a road trip. This included six home runs. He also has at least 13 extra base hits on this road trip, and he has done it twice in his young career, along with two other Blue Jays on top of that in history. So what he's doing is incredible. We love it. We need to see some of this consistency continue into the homestand because they haven't played as well at home as they have on the road, and they need to take care of division rivals like Tampa and Baltimore Orioles if they want to see this continue. Yep. I hate so many games with Baltimore, with with Tampa. Tampa, just incredible monster that just no matter how much, you know, it's injured or whatever, it still comes after you with all, all guns set, Brock. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these changes to Major League Baseball, rule changes we're talking about. Can you go over some of the significant ones for us, please? Yes. So, number one, let's look at the shift. The shift is banned. Must There must be a player on, on either side of second base. So there'll be two players on either side, which has not been the normal. Uh most people like this one. I like it. If we're looking at down towards the pitch clock, we're looking at 15-second pitch clock with no runners on base and a 20-second pitch clock with runners on. Uh, that one's been one that's kind of that's my garnered some, I love some attention. I yeah. love it too. Um, next, we have you can now throw over three times over to first base or any base to get a pickoff. If you throw over the third time, you must get the runner out. If you don't, then it's considered a balk and that runner will advance. I like this rule because sometimes you see this and you think, man, we're going over like a bazillion times and it just seems to be a bit much. The other one of significance is the bases will go from 15 inches to 18 inches. So those are some of the rules that will be in effect next year. So which size, one of those do you like or not, Kelly? Okay, so size of base, I'm kind of indifferent. My thing I'd like to see them address is if somebody slides off, they hit the base, and they hit before the tag comes down, leave them alone. If the guy slides off, why are you making the, the opposing player you know, try to keep their hand on you, making sure or even possibly shove you off the base? If you get to the base first and get a hold of it, and you happen to overshoot it, you hit the base. I I hate that. So to me, that should be addressed if you're going to make the size bigger. I love the pitch clock. The throwover one, I'm not I'm not in love with yet. I'm not a big fan of the the shift. Um, I accept there's going to be a lot more stealing, a lot higher scoring games, which for some people are you know are going to be exciting if they love watching people hit as opposed to um, pitchers uh, really getting somewhere. Um, I, I just think the throwover should be managed more by the pitching clock, okay? If you're going to throw over there um, and you don't get the person out, 
you know, we need to address that. I, I don't love it, but I'm not sure I have a, a better solution, Brock. So for me, a pitch clock is my obsession. I don't mind losing the shift to some degree, so I'm glad there's a little bit of give and take. The base thing, I'm not sure I fully understand or care enough to understand, and that throw over to base, I'm, I'm more new about. So um, that one, I have to kind of think more of what the problem is with it, other than I don't like that, it, that it's a balk. You know, yeah, I, I just don't like that. And just to just to go back, two things I want to add here. Number one, I don't think this whole pop up slide and the guy loses contact with the base. This is not what the review was designed for i don't believe the review Mm -hmm. was designed for was the player out were they safe on the initial contact i think we've gone too far away from the situation where it's like oh they lost contact by like a millimeter and so therefore they're out that's not wasting time yeah that that's not where we're supposed to be the second thing that i forgot to mention uh was that every batter is given a time out one per every at bat, so this gives them an opportunity if they're kind of needing to adjust something or their their bat or gloves or whatever. They they do have the one sort of timeout that they can uh, they can use, and to that's step okay up, to step out. Yes, that's correct. The they, box, yeah. Otherwise, they have to stay in uh, the batting box in order for the pitcher to fit into that uh, role. And I I don't know. I have to see the throwover one. In action, me too. I think it's kind of weird. I don't know that I would have limited it to three throwovers. I think I might have gone up a little bit. We'll see. I don't like it. I, you know, I think they need to worry about some other things. You know, like defining what the slide at home plate mm-hmm. is supposed yep. to be, what the runner is and isn't allowed, because there's been a lot of confusion on that lately, and they need to deal with that versus how many times we can throw over and not. Well, That's I just, just think my that opinion. I think the, with with the pitch clock, games are shorter. You know, they've gone from in the minors three hours and thirty minutes and nonsense like that down to two hours and forty minutes. Uh, that's a huge change for marginal fans who just you know come there to enjoy. Oh my gosh, when's this thing going to end? What time is this over at? Uh, so, but I, I, hmm? but I don't think you're going to get those fans that do that like I, I none of these changes in my mind are gonna draw in the fans and say I, I just don't like the way baseball is and that's what i get very concerned about well i think we don't get new fans we stick with an older crowd because it's a slow enough game and i think it frustrates younger people they say oh my goodness this is like watching paint dry and if you have so much throwing over that's a total reaction to the crowd always booing it and and you sit there watching it why are you booing the guy throwing over? That's what he's supposed to do, for heaven's sake. Brock, good luck today as you guys launch uh, the uh, first of the video podcast for the Neutral Zone. People can still find the Neutral Zone at their favorite podcatcher in the way that they enjoy it. Also, check it out tomorrow morning uh, here on the network. We'll talk a little bit more with Andy Frank. He joins us next on the show. We'll get a real rundown of things, changes, and what's happening here at AMI-audio in two minutes.
Remember to check out the Kelly and Company podcast, folks, available using your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe after doing a search. Check us out. You can listen to us in segment form, or you can listen to the show in its complete version of Kelly and Company, where we also add on, at the end, an audio vanity card. That's the Kelly and Company podcast available to you in segment form or the complete show itself. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, we're here. We're the hosts of the program. Speaking of con uh, podcasts, it gives us perfect context for the next segment, Kels, because there's always something new at AMI. And, you know, previously during this time on Mondays, we like to check in with AMI-tv um, and get some idea of what's happening on AMI this week, this night. But now we've expanded it. So we're talking about AMI all together and finding out what's happening all across the network. And Andy Frank, being the manager of AMI-audio, is here to give us a rundown on brand new AMI-audio content, on the schedule changes, and some video podcast releases. So, Andy, hello. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Great to be here, as always. So let's start with the schedule, because it's already rolled out, and the gist of it is it's an eight-hour rotation. But can you give us more details on this? Yeah, um, it is. It is a basically every eight hours. It's uh, we repeat the programs in the same order that you heard them the first time around. So there's a certain predictability that we really like mm-hmm. in terms of that wheel, and uh, there's a heavy emphasis to begin the day on reading programs. At the end of the day, we are a reading service, and uh, the Globe and Mail today, uh, McLean's Magazine, Voices of the Walrus, and the Guardian Daily uh, lead off the broadcast day. And then we gradually go into a more live conversational stuff uh, with uh, with other programs like Podcast Roundup and Audiobooks Review and so on until we finally land on, on, on your show. And then it repeats over again. And it stays that way also on Saturday and Sunday, by the way. So it's the same time. So if you're listening, if you're used to listening to your show at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, you'll find it there on Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, and uh, and so on. Now, the the thing I want to talk about in terms of the reading shows is uh, the Guardian has gone from a just a one one issue, one show per week show that we've been doing for years at this channel, into a daily show that is done for us exclusively in London, England, and provided to us what I call live on tape. It is shipped over to us uh, electronically early in the morning, our time, but sort of midday their time. Mm. And they're reading the news of the day from the UK. And my goodness, the timing could not have been more fortuitous, I suppose, given what's just happened, what's happening there over the next, um, well, let's say it'll be like a two-week period of All Queen all the time. But there are so many different dimensions to that story of the passing of Queen Elizabeth and uh, the succession, of course, to King Charles and uh, and all the other various different machinations. So um, it was, uh, uh, I mean, I hate to use positive words like good fortune or lucky yeah. under those yeah. circumstances, yeah, right. but yeah. from a programming perspective, it was, it was, it was uh, uh, unexpected to have that. And Laura and Hannah, who are based in London, have been doing a terrific job in sourcing great material from the Guardian, delivering it to us uh, as the professionals that they are. So that's the broadcast, basically the big broadcast news for us. I think it's wonderful when you look at the fact that we get that perspective. You've got some great content uh, from the UK that we're, we're getting in here. But as you say, um, the timing, the production, it's cool the way it's done and timely for all of us. Uh, Andy, I, you know I've been radio guy since I was a kid, so I always just love looking around now and saying, Man, whether it's the TV side or the audio side, 
There's so much content being created, and we can say the same because you got lots to share with us about AMI audio podcasts that are out there as well, as well as, um, you know, all the things that people are doing over there and bringing to us. And, you know, Kelly, I was thinking about this before I came on the air. Like, how many of these audio podcasts have a direct connection to your show? Mm. <laughs> and it's the answer is <laughs> most of them. <laughs> so Quite for, lucky. For example, Fern Nullum, who first appeared on your show, uh, she, of course, does Into You, the, uh, you know, a look at dating from the perspective of someone who's low vision blind and uh, she loves the psychology of dating and relationships. She releases episodes every month. Uh, she does really good work on that. Uh, I didn't realize to what extent she was professionally trained in that area as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, you mean her broadcast education? In that? No, uh, her um, uh, um, subject relationship um, relationship right. expertise mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the, the counseling. Counseling yeah. is the key word I'm looking for there. So, uh, the Fern does that once a month. Then we have um, AMI Audiobook. Uh, I don't know where that came from, Ramya, but AMI Audiobook Review is every every week, half-hour show focused on audiobooks, uh, hosted by Ramya. And then Connecting Disability with Megan Gilmore. Megan is mm-hmm. currently more mm-hmm. associated with The Morning Show now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV, but she started. But she started here. She started there. That's right. She's we'll got, take her, she, too. Yeah, and, I mean, she did look, terrific. Look at her going down there, ticking them off. <laughs> uh, uh, Frank, yeah, that one. did terrific work with you guys for a couple of years, and uh, then she uh, migrated into the the morning show is, is more uh, bent toward hardcore journalism, which is what she's all about. Uh, and she's uh, and so it is it is a good place for her to be on on the channel. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the 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 podcast is probably kind of straddles between the two, your show and and that and the morning right. show in terms of the the tone. The content, it is more right? conversational, yeah. a little warmer than just your typical uh, hardcore journalism. Then you have um, uh, well, then you have uh, the buzz with Bill, of course, um, mm-hmm. which is the, the legendary epic segments. Coming from uh, from your show every three times a week, uh, Kitchen Confession with Mary Memolidi, who is of course yours. So you look at that; that's the, your your main, uh, the, you know, the main audio only podcasts kind of got spawned. Yeah, over the there. commission's looking really high. Well, well, yeah. You look at this too. Also, uh, we have to add <clears throat> Mr. Neutral Zone, who just left. I know he's doing more work now over on Now with Dave Brown. However, his yes. weekly segment with us oh, and so on. Oh yeah, yeah, Brock Richardson. Well. It's a good transition into uh, into what we're going to be doing with video podcasts. Right. You mentioned that earlier. So here's how that's going to work. At 4 p.m. Eastern Time today, uh, Brock and his crew are going to sit down and with uh, Marco Flalo on the other end virtually and are going to record the videotape, their show, The, the Neutral Zone. And then in very rapid order... Uh, Mark is going to get the captioning. It's 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 done. It's not done in an automated fashion. It's actually done manually. The captioning and the transcripts and everything uh, up in time so that by 11 a.m. Eastern time the next day tomorrow, uh, it'll be ready to be presented on uh, YouTube. It'll be and on all the other podcast platforms, audio only and as well and on AMI Audio. We're mm-hmm. going to present it on AMI Audio at 11 a.m. tomorrow as well. So basically a less than 24-hour turnaround from recording session to to broadcast. And it has to be that way because it's sports. And sports is like news. It changes really quickly. Things happen. 
um, it gets stale dated with like one trade or one injury and suddenly your your content is irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before you move on with that, just a curiosity about all of the, the video podcasts. Is there a decision? Uh, have you guys decided they will become available on those platforms at roughly the same time? That is, yes, that is uh, the, the objective. I think mm-hmm. that when it comes to something like Neutral Zone, there might be the time where something got delayed in terms of caption and transcript because, again, accuracy is extremely important to us. Right, yes. And if it gets delayed, I don't want to delay the actual broadcast because of the time sensitivity of the content. So there might be an, uh, the occasion where it gets broadcast and published on the audio platforms before you see it on YouTube. Okay. But the objective is, and I am very confident that we will be able to meet that objective most of the 52 weeks a year that were 50 weeks a year that we're going to be doing the show, uh, I think we'll be able to get it done. It's amazing how fast, um, how how well captioning and, and transcripts are being done simply because of the demand for YouTube podcasts these days. Like it's, the demand is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the it's the service has improved to that extent. That it's lightning nice. quick these so days. Nice. It is. And and that's a big reason why I keep emphasizing this about the video podcast. It's not so much that we want to be uh, sexy on TV or anything like that. It's it's a it's an accessibility thing. We want to be we are accessible media. We need to be accessible. Yeah, that's the the driving force. The number one driving force. The second force. The second one is it's kind of nice to be able to to have a visual representation of what's being spoken about in certain, in particular, in certain areas uh, that, uh, uh, that, you know, down the road, you'll, we'll explore more. Mm-hmm. Other video podcasts that you want to tee up? Well, uh, Joita, of course, uh, Joita Gupta is doing the pulse and um, that's a weekly one as well that gets released on Thursdays in the same way that Brock's show gets released um, or to, to a large extent, the same way. And uh, that's uh, that's very exciting for us. Um, and then, of course, Ardra Shepherd's Tripping on Air podcast, which is uh, releasing on the 15th of September, her third episode already. And this time, she and her co-host Alex Hadjar talk about dating and sex with their dear with her dear friend Darcy. And as usual with this particular podcast, it uh, it uh, you know they're talking about life with MS, and they they don't they don't hold back they're candid it's uh they're it's honest it's in your face it's ardress style uh and it's a delightful episode so that's um that's going to be tripping on air being released on the 15th of september and uh those are three of the video podcasts the neutral zone the pulse and tripping on air that i uh, that i'd like to spotlight mm, that is amazing you know i've really um found that in the last couple of years with ami audio and with these video podcasts is just the turnaround even talking about you know you tape today you go tomorrow the availability of current news current events keeping people up to date um, as it happens seems to be a huge if not pivot uh, a big priority with AMI we have to be this is this is the media world that we're that we're competing in that's the way the world is and it's you know, it's the Instagram world that we live in where yeah. your pictures are, 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 you can't upload pictures that are more than 24 hours old. <laughs> you know, like it's the same kind of rules. We have to, we have to be fresh. Our content has to be relevant. Otherwise people will stop listening. It just, and watching, it's just, the, it's just the reality of the business that mm-hmm. we're in. At the same time, it can be done 
the way that you guys do it every single day with warmth, with humor, with love, with uh, with all that, with with all the warmth that that you could possibly muster in this kind of a media. Um, it can be done that way. It doesn't have to feel like you're watching, you know, CNN or something like that, which is like screaming in your face 24 <laughs> seven, right? right? Like it can be done in a way that is entertaining and warm. And that's Certainly, I, I can't speak for AMI TV because that's not my that's not my 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 main my main gig here. Uh, but I think uh, for audio in particular, and like Kelly said, you know, we're radio files. Warmth is really really important, mm-hmm. and warmth means not just it's not always positive. Sometimes you're dealing with hard stuff or you're dealing with sensitive things, but you can do it with a, a certain degree of of compassion. Yeah. And uh, and I think uh, we can present this plethora of information, but still maintain a degree of humanity. And so certainly that's my goal anyway. Yep. So we keep it classy and still yes. continue with yeah. all the current affairs. Andy, thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you all. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio, giving us all the latest deets on what's going on here. Stand by. Hour two of the program next. Wherever you're listening in, we thank you for being with us here on Kelly and Company via AMI-audio. Maybe you're listening at AMI.ca. Right there, there's the stream. You can just click on it if you're at your computer. You can also, of course, find us on Radio Player Canada or OOTunes. Awesome apps in which to have on your smart device. Just do a search and you'll find Kelly and Company, AMI, Accessible Media Inc., whichever way. There's a bunch of ways, plus all those wonderful podcasts that Andy was mentioning. Boy, were you ever gloating co-host Romeo Muthan over there, Kelly McDonald here. She um, was really just ticking down that list. Yeah, yeah, that one too, Andy. Yeah, where's my finder's fee? Well, it's just nice, you know. I, yeah, I did bring up commission, but that was just more of a side note. <laughs> but it is really lovely we'll to see. We'll handle that later. Yeah, exactly. You know, five years of Kelly and Company now, and um, just to, to know that all... The, People from here, our contributors, our, the talent and the conversations we've had here have spun out into all kinds of other um, content at AMI and just the expansion of AMI altogether. It's very, very nice to be part of that. It's really wonderful too, even if it's, whether it's a podcast or a guest speaking um, assignment mm-hmm. that somebody's doing or something they've started and we can hear about it. They can bring that to the show or we, we understand that, uh, hey, so-and-so uh, is doing this. It's the credibility and I love it, uh, as I've said before on the show, because it, it brings that out and we know, oh, wow, they are a person that's involved, that yeah. knows a little bit about that. Maybe I'll, I'll sit up here and listen. I, I learned so much from our contributors and guests on the program that way. Speaking of people who keep active in their community, community reporter, as a matter of fact, Kim Kilpatrick on with us now from Ottawa. We visit with our community reporters on generally Mondays and Tuesdays here on the program. Kim, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? Uh, We're feeling pretty good today for a Monday. Starting off well. Let's talk about the news from Ottawa. Municipal elections. What's going on out that way? We've touched on it before. Yeah. So I did talk about when I went to see the voting tabulator and what's what's voting, uh, how to vote um, more accessibly last time, I think it was, or the time before. Yep. And we do know a little more about the special 
voting days and advance polls. So they're slightly different, which I didn't quite understand totally, but they're having extra special voting days um, and and then they're having advance polls. So um, I did give you the link for all of this, uh, but the special voting days are going to be... Um, are going to be in September. So, uh, and the special tabulators are going to be there. The election tabulator that I mentioned, the voting machine that you can do totally accessibly. Um, they're going to be both in the special voting days and also in the advanced polls. And in my riding or area, my ward, I guess they call it municipally, there were two different places on the two different days for the advanced polls and a different place for the special voting days. But on the election day, you're going to have the Braille templates and the large print. You will not have any of the accessible machines. Right. Uh, unless you happen to vote in a retirement home or some, some place like that. So the special voting days are from Saturday, September 24th to Tuesday, the 27th. Are they and almost, Kim, be... should we picture those more like advanced poll setups but more yeah, especially for people needing the assistance yeah i think so because it's at city hall that the nearest one mm-hmm. to me and we know that building is totally accessible and we know that the machine is going to be set up and it's those four days in a row saturday to tuesday so if you already know who you're voting for um you could go there and there's several locations for that uh elaine ramia so and on the advanced poll days are the 7th and the 14th of October, but they're in two different places in my ward, and I imagine the same. And then voting day is in a different place itself. So I'm going to go to special voting day. I'm not going to I'm not going to wander around to places I don't know where they are. And, and so I am going to go to City Hall and do my voting on the special voting day. So mm-hmm. um, it's just, I guess they're trying to cover all their bases. It does make yeah. things a little confusing, but uh, definitely you have plenty of chances to vote. And remember that you are voting for mayor, for city councilor, and for um, an education, a board of education representative. So it's the trickiest election in a lot of ways because the template I saw had, you know, the three columns and things like that, whereas the voting machine will go through the offices. So I think mm. that'll, like, to well, me, that's... And, I, and, I, and I gather advanced polls for anyone you got to know who you want, what you're doing, but you always feel, of course, our first knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, but if you're going to have less, you're not. They're going to have no machines, okay, uh, on day of voting, but you are going to have, for people that it'll work, the accessibility in in most places available to, to most persons, whether it be being able to get in or not. But you almost feel disadvantaged over the fact that you have to know and sometimes we just can't gather enough because these elections have so many people involved in them running. Yeah. You can't yeah. necessarily gather enough information to make that decision as early as sometimes these these advanced or special polls in this case. Yeah. And that's, and that's just a little knock. It's true. No, absolutely. And I agree with you that if there haven't been candidates' meetings or things you haven't seen um, beforehand, I think I know who I'm going to vote for, so I'm yeah. okay here. But I agree with you, Kelly. It it, it sometimes makes it a bit more... Um, Hard to make. Oh, well, we have to go to that. Hard to yeah. make the decision. But yeah. I do prefer advanced polls when I can, yep. when Understand. I know, because yep. I find the workers there have more skill and they seem to really understand what I need. I find they're not And I feel like I can either. take more time. Yes, yeah, I can yes. take more time and I can take all the time I need. So I actually prefer it myself, but I won't, I won't just go there because I have 
feel mm-hmm. I have to. If yeah. I know who I want to vote for and I'm and I'm there, I'll do it. But if not, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's a it's a tricky situation. Yeah, and you don't want to knock it because there's more opportunity than what there was, Absolutely. you know, last time, and so on. Even with these extra yeah. poll, you know, you know, you could you don't want anyone throwing their hands in the air saying, "Good grief, guys! Is there any way to please you?" Well. Anyway, uh, we'll put that up on the blog, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. All right. Kim K., let's keep moving to your second topic of the report. From April to October, the city of Ottawa is performing uh, construction site assessments to verify that the sites are always accessible for residents. And this seems like a big task. So you tell me (laughs) how that's going to work. Yeah, so, so, well... I have been on one of these, which was really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have some people that work for the city who kind of specialize in making sure that all the rules are followed. Um, and they want some people with disabilities to go along with them um, for that because they don't want to speak for us. You know, in a sense, they kind of know the sidewalk has to be this wide. They have to have enough clearance. They have to have this, the right barriers in place so you're not right. walking into the middle of construction, which is what we used to do years ago, Kelly. I'm sure you did. I'm sure I have to wander into the middle of gravelly places and all oh, of that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so now they are much better about that. They put up those fences or whatever they call those things. But I did go on one, and it was really interesting because we walked through with the um, – the engineer kind of in charge of that stuff for the city and with some of the workers on site. And so like, is it wide enough for me and my dog to get beyond this part? Is it cane detectable? Are things wheelchair width wide enough? What if someone has a disability with mobility where uneven surfaces are hard? Is this okay? So they're actually asking people if they'd like to come along on one of these uh, assessments with them. And I think it's, it's a good idea. I think it is a good idea if you, if you want to do it. Um, I don't know. Uh, the one I did was a couple of years ago, and I don't remember whether I got an honorarium or not, but I would say, you know, you, you should really check with the city because it's like a couple hours that you're spending with them and you are providing your expertise so I, it wasn't clear to me that that was the case or wasn't the case, but they are really interested and they are really interesting people and they do listen to your feedback and make sure that what you say has a really a, a great amount of weight. And I know that walking through construction sites is never the easiest thing Mm-mm. at all. I mean, it Not is, for anybody. It is, it is scary, right? It's scary for us. But I found here, and I don't know how you find it in your communities, the construction workers on sites have gotten to be so lovely, like unbelievably great, in that they, they stop their machines when they can, I find. They come to me, they say, I'm a worker here on this construction you know, site, whatever, and can you, would you need any help? And it, sometimes I'll say, yeah, would you mind just walking with us through you know, here so that, you know, I know, or I might say, how long is this going to be in place? And they'll tell you. So I actually find they've gotten really good at sort of guiding you through, but it is scary when you hear it up ahead and you're not sure how long it extends and you don't know if you'll be able to hear traffic to cross and you're, you're just kind of, Oh, well, you certainly love when that truck gears down, like when you, when you hear it turning down and you know, Oh gosh, somebody sees me. I know. I just love that. You know, I really love that because I I just feel that they really understand and they they they're not doing it and they also don't they come up they always introduce themselves now 
and they always say who they are. They work on the site. Can they guide you around, or do you need them? To, can you follow them, or what do you need? So I just find they've really improved in that way, nice. you know, which is really awesome. But it is always scary when you come up to construction. So it is good if we can provide any any feedback to them. So there is a link in there. Mm-hmm that you can contact the City of Ottawa if you do want to help out with one of those. AMI.ca slash Kellyco is where we'll put that link up to, and we can try to squeeze in your last bit here, Kim. Right. Um, Sorry, I'm behind on my braille. On the CCB (laughs) and GTT uh, call on the weekend. Oh, right. So we have a call coming up on Saturday, um, the 17th of September. It's a weekend call. We haven't had one of those in a long time. And the reason we're doing it is we know that there are people that are working or studying that are not um, able to participate in our daytime calls. We have a lot of week weekday daytime calls. Uh, and so we're holding it in hopes that we get a bunch of people that don't generally come to the daytime calls during the week and will give us some information about would they like a weekend call once in a while, how often, what kind of topics might be good, would there be speakers you might want to have. So if you are interested in finding out more, please email me. It's in your blog, gtt at ccbnational.net, and I will send you the registration link for that. Awesome, Kim. Thank you. Hopefully some of the people who are working or the people who are just going to school and saying, I need some help. Wow, that this is a a godsend for them. Uh, Kim Kilpatrick, our community reporter from Ottawa. We'll talk to Kim next month. Thank you. uh, From Ottawa, Ontario, as mentioned, remember, again, ami.ca slash kellyco for all the information, brought to us today on the program. In a moment, Devin Wilkins, she's here with our monthly guide dog and service animal report. We'll get into that conversation here on Kelly and Company. Want to check us out via your television? Settle back and listen in. Here's some channel locations you can find and take a listen to the show. Rogers, Ontario. You guys can find us on channel 196. And MTS customers, look for us on channel 704. Visit ami.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Okay, we're doing a little bit of a switch up when it comes to when our contributors are joining us. We'll give you a full-fledged detailed schedule in a bit. But right now, for the soft launch, let's bring on our guide dog and service animal reporter, Devin Wilkins, on a Monday. I'm Devin Wilkins from Peterborough, Ontario, your self-appointed messenger from the world of guide, hearing, and service dogs. Join me at this time each month as we discuss topics of particular interest to you and your precious pup. So, Devin, I was wondering if the uh, doorbell ID would still say Wednesday, so I had to give people the heads up that it is (laughs) still Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd better change that, hadn't I? We'll all have to change it exactly, but how are you? (laughs) I'm fine, thanks. Good. I got uh, caught a little bit by surprise because... Uh, 3 o'clock came along, and I thought, okay, here's the buzz with Bill. And then all of a sudden, Uh. Kelly was introducing (laughs) me, and I'm like, oh, I better hurry up. (laughs) 
buzzing in for a that's, different kind of buzz. It's it's Devin. Yes, exactly. Next. That's a throwback, though, having Buzz with Bill on a Monday. Uh, but we do have a few different and cool things going on in the Guide Dog Service Animal World. Let's start with the CNIB declaring September as Guide Dog Access Awareness Month. Yay! Um, that's really great. So tell us more about this. Yeah, so this year uh, their focus is on the workplace and the fact that guide dogs are legally able to be in the workplace and uh, taking uh, part along with uh, the human partner in Mm -hmm. in the team. Uh, So, And they're doing that by uh, advocating for the rights of guide dog teams by sharing information about the legal rights of uh, guide dog teams with employers and also employment agencies. And they're producing uh, and sharing a public education, a number of public uh, education videos um, with uh, not only employers and employment agencies, but the public in general. And the uh, new... um, Guide Dog Advocacy Manager Larissa Proctor uh, will be writing uh, as uh, an uh, opinion editorial to be sent to newspapers across the country on her experiences as a guide dog handler. Mm -hmm. And they'll also be sharing a guide dog handler's toolkit Uh, that um, they can take to their own communities and uh, use it to inform people there on a more local level. And um, they're going to be hosting an information, information session about this Guide Dog Handlers Toolkit with handlers. And uh, so if you want to attend the information session uh, about what to do with this toolkit and that sort of thing, it's going to be on September 22nd, so I think that will be a Thursday, at uh, 2 Eastern, and uh, you can... Uh, do that by sending an email. You can register by sending an email to larissa.proctor at cnib.ca. Great. I'm not sure that, that I sent that email address along to you, but if I didn't, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if you could put it up on your blog as well. So it's Larissa. Dot proctor at uh, cnib.ca and the date again is september 22nd uh starting at 2 eastern which would be 11 pacific or uh 
3.30 in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, they've done, uh, they're, they're putting out a couple of different things. Like you said, the toolkit, they had the, the session with Larissa that they're, um, that, you know, her testimonial. They're also running some volunteer sessions, some employer testimonials will be shared, uh, public education videos. They're doing it in various different ways, Devin. And what I really uh, particularly like about this approach is that it's not just for the public but it's also for guide dog handlers to know your rights, to understand yeah. what is and isn't allowed, quote unquote, in Canada, your human rights um, as a guide dog handler, as a person with a disability. There are a lot of things to digest and they're making sure all that stuff is out there in one form or another. That's huge. That's right. Yes. And, and it's a good way to, uh, educate and advocate um, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm, so much so. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to get that up at ami.ca slash Kelly Co. Uh, let's stick with CNIB here because they're asking guide dog handlers, both across Canada and internationally out there, folks, to fill in a survey, Devin. Yeah. Uh, you may remember that a few months ago I uh, mentioned a research uh, project that was uh, taking place about the uh, barriers facing guide dog handlers. Well, now uh, what they're doing is um, they have a survey, an actual survey, that uh, they want people both here in Canada and abroad to, to fill out. So uh, if uh, you want to pass that along to your friends in uh, uh, the U.S. or in Britain or whatever, um, you can uh, go ahead and uh, do that, and uh, they will appreciate everyone's involvement. The survey is going to be available uh, until... um, this survey about the uh, barriers facing guide dog handlers is going to be available until October 31st, and okay. uh, and then it will close. So, get on that. Uh, uh, have you done it yet, Devin? No. <laughs> okay, and not to put you on the spot, I what I kind of want to know. I'm excited for the feedback from people as to. How straightforward, how blunt, how, how, you know, people always try to find their way of saying stuff, but sometimes we, we've accused when surveys come out, we're trying to be politically okay, you know, you don't, you don't want to be just out and out rude or, or too truthful and offend somebody. I, I don't want to say politically correct, because you should be, yeah. but I mean, when I say that, if you want to ask questions, if you want the results, if you want to know yes or no about something, don't, don't do the little leading softball um, style yeah. like you, this is important. These are people's lives. This is safety of of, of guide dogs and 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 individuals uh, or anyone you know out there trying to get get around out there. And there's a lot of dangers that we we've isolated and spoke about many times. So I I hope that there isn't a little bit of softballing with this. Um, I've seen a bit of a change in what some of the things were being asked by CNIB and other organizations. And they're getting a bit bolder and and kind of being more of the voice we need them to be. I don't know if you agree. Oh, I do agree because 
uh, that kind of frank questioning gets the results that you're really looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. only way to get them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, by the time I'm with you in October, I uh, will have done the survey. So I'll I'll tell you what I think. Awesome. In, yeah. in October. Yeah, what's being asked? So the response, sorry? Uh, sorry, I was just going to say what's being asked and how candid people will be in responding. You were going to say? Yeah. I was going to tell you that the uh, the responses that you do give will remain anonymous and confidential. And uh, there is the possibility, oh, it'll take you about 30 minutes to do the uh, survey. And um, there is the possibility that if you wish to add your your email address, you uh, will uh, win, or you may win, uh, one of ten $50 Amazon oh, wow. um, gift cards. Oh, good so, grief. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and your email address will not be tied to the responses to the surveys that you give. Okay. Great. So there awesome. is a little bit of... Uh, a chance that you could win something as well by participating. Okay. Amuthan, he is not a guide dog. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Non-guide dog handlers, even with dogs. <laughs> That's mm, a different survey. Yeah, different <laughs> survey. All right. Sure. Well, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Um, on uh, September's Spotlight on Assistant Dogs, Assistance Dogs, Devin, uh, the International Association of Assistance Dog is partnering with the new website, and there's also six signs that your dog is overheating. This is really good stuff to cover. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was in July, we mentioned that the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners um, has uh, a new a brand banking new website and so one of the uh, executive officers of the organization uh, Megan Kennedy will uh, talk about the website and then I thought because it's been so hot especially out uh, in BC and uh, south of that of course that we should talk a little bit about six signs. I saw an article on six signs uh, that your dog is overheating. So we'll make sure we have time in that 30-minute period for us to hear about that because it's always important to uh, main, do whatever we can to maintain the health of our, of our guide and service dogs. And uh, so if uh, you're interested in hearing that, you can uh, go to theglobalvoice.info. And it, it's not org or com or uh, co or anything like that. It's .info. Mm. It's important to remember that. Okay. Well, I'm really uh, hoping that a lot of people will tune into this content because it is very important it's one not like topic number two where uh you know a lot of people can benefit from understanding more about their dogs right their pets or their service animals yes it's definitely good uh, for 
people who have dogs as pets too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. for and sure. We hear so about the exercise. Yeah, exactly. And we hear about the exercising and needing to uh, have more active lifestyles when you have a pet that needs walking and exercising, but um, also need to be cautious and conscientious of overheating your dogs Devin thank you always really good to have these reports um, once a month with you because there's a lot to take in okay and we'll see you in October sometime because of Thanksgiving that's right we will schedule in a con- con- uh, conversation with you Devin thank you so much thank you Devin Wilkins is now going to be joining us on the second Monday of the month, and that is the schedule change with her. So we'll keep you guys posted on that and some other schedule uh, changes to come up with our contributor rotations. But for now, that was our Guide Dog and Service Animal Report. Well, folks, we'd like you to settle back. It's time to get going to school. We'll have an interesting conversation with Danielle McLaughlin, and it's full of, did you know? Did you realize? Rules, rules, rules. More of them. And some of them... Why? We'll talk to her as she puts us uh, in the know with Know Your Rights next on Kelly and Company. Welcome back to the program. Ramya Booth and Kelly McDonald, hosts of the show. And I'm always, always astounded, ladies and gentlemen. It never quits with the amazing subjects that the contributors bring to the program. When you think, okay, you know what? We've been doing this five plus years. What could Danielle do to kind of give us a, oh, wow, never thought of that. And I think, Rum, today when we bring her on in a moment, we're going we're gonna to really do a lot of, Oh, wow, that's silly. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know. Yeah, we always do it with, with a lot of our subjects and topics anyway, um, but this one particularly. Yeah, hmm. it's really astounding, and I love when we get into talking, particularly about things that you just don't know about. You stop and say, I didn't even know that someone would conjure that up or the reason why. Anyway, I'm, I'm prolonging it, folks. Let's bring on Danielle McLaughlin, and we'll talk Know Your Rights. Let's examine questions that can't be answered by a simple yes or no. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, when we talk about how freedoms collide on Know Your Rights. So let me set the stage for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's the beginning of September. Kids are back at school. Ah, yes, some of us are getting used to those (laughs) blasted school rules. Some of us even remember, it's a ways back, but some of us remember being annoyed by those rules at some point. And some of us are scratching our heads scratch, 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 about those darn rules. Now, Danielle, it may sound like an absolutely silly question, but why do we have rules at school? Oh, there we are. You go into school, and almost the first thing that classrooms from kindergarten on up tell you are, now, we have rules, or some teachers are a little more enlightened. We need to agree on the rules. And with any lack, now we're come up. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Kelly. Danielle, Danielle, we're having a bit of trouble hearing yeah. you now. Sounds oh. like you might have bumped your microphone. You kind of faded on us a little bit. Oh, gosh. All right. Let me try. 
See if we can get that sorted out for yeah. da- Danielle doing the magic. Again. All right, how's this yes. sound? There you go. There That's you better. Go. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm sorry about that. Now, now you came no. into the room, Teach. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what it is. So the schools usually promulgate rules, and sometimes classrooms do as well. And they often come up with a good rationale. For example, mm-hmm. safety, because you know, as I like to say, no one ever goes out picketing saying down with no. safety. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, health and hygiene, um, disruption. They want to pre- prevent disruption of classrooms and how you define disruption is uh, uh, up to the observer. This one I always love, obedience and respect for authority. Now, there are times where that is really important and there are times where it is downright absurd uh, of course, achievement, they want students to learn and be able to, uh, you know, achieve something during their schooling years. How about this one? Confirmation to community standards. Should we be seeking conformity among our students? Well, many schools think so, and they think that they have to understand and learn what community standards are and, um, you know, how they must comply with those community standards. Well, the first question that I always ask when I've, you know, faced with a whole set of rules and I'm given purposes that I may or may not agree with is, do those rules work? So, for example, many schools have a no hats rule. Um, hey. and, when, whoops. <laughs> and when you ask why, they often say, well, it, it's to show respect. Um, right. Th- right. And in, in the same light this the many of the these schools that have a no hats rule also have a rule about respecting multiculturalism or respecting different faiths or respecting different ways of doing things so we have an immediate class, class. we know that yeah. yeah in some in some religions and in some cultures wearing one's head covered is an important sign of respect Taking your hat off is a rep- an important sign of respect for other people. So those will come into collision uh, in, in many schools. I am hard put to believe that a dress code achieves much that uh, speaks to safety, health and hygiene, that it uh, you know prevents disruption, that it makes people uh, obedient and respectful of authority. In fact, my experience has been it does the opposite because, you know, contempt is really big among school kids and you don't need to go out and seek contempt. They, they know how to do it really well. What, what about and if community, you come, though? Right. Well, like, what about community standards? Exactly. That would be what the excuse would be that we're teaching you that when you get a job doing this, that, the other thing, or you're in public, the proper dress code or way, you should want to present yourself well. But there is no law that someone can't wear their favorite rocker T-shirt where in school, yeah. you know, if there may be a curse word on it, they may not be allowed to do so. Well, and also, what is it that you expect the kids to do? So if you're going to be getting at a, a job in a fast food restaurant, you're probably going to have to wear a uniform. Right. If you're going to go to court, you're going to, if you're a lawyer, you're going to have to wear, you know, be gowned mm-hmm. uh, for that purpose. Um, so the question is, dressed appropriately for what? So in, in schools, uh, they have a sense of appropriateness that may or may not have anything to do with community standards. When I was going to school, and we're talking about the early 1600s here, um, you know, <laughs> girls had to wear dresses. 
Now, not only did they have to wear, well, skirts were okay too. Skirts or dresses, no trousers. If, if either a boy or a girl wore jeans to school, they would be sent home immediately. That was not considered appropriate. And I have trouble seeing kids who aren't wearing jeans to school in most high, high schools these days. Have community standards changed? Um, well, we certainly wore jeans on the weekends or after school when I was a kid. Um, but here are some rules that you just, you're going to enjoy because they are downright absurd. Okay. Mm -hmm. No touching, including no high fives, no fist bumps, no hugging, um, because touching can lead to violence. Now, the last time I hugged somebody, it really didn't lead to violence. (laughs) Um, And many people can tell the difference between good touch and bad touch, but they've solved this by saying in this particular school, No touching. No touching. touching. How about this one? No making best friends. Now, most of us who have gone to school have discovered our best friends at school. Many of us have, not everybody. But uh, making a best friend at school is not exactly a unique experience. Well, some schools have decided that this leaves out other kids, that if two kids have decided that they're best friends, that they are excluding others and therefore no one is allowed to have yeah. a best friend. Everybody has to be on an equal basis. Why. That sounds yeah. like a workplace get, saying, look, we don't want fraternizing in any yeah. way, so just come yeah. do your well, job like and get no out. like the no winners or no losers in competitions. You know, like that's everybody right. gets a medal. That's what we're not right. going to keep score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and try to explain that to a group of eight-year-olds. <laughs> um, you know, how about no ketchup in school? Uh, ketchup it has been as in the ketchup. condiment? Oh. Yes. That's right. No, no, um, so you, you don't have to better your grades. You don't have to catch <laughs> that, up. No catching up. Stay yeah, behind. Right. <laughs> so it's been decided that it's unhealthy by certain schools. Some schools in Europe have a no outside food rule. You have to eat the lunches that are provided in school. And I, you can see Ooh. that that's equality. And it's also <laughs> supposedly to make, make you make healthy choices. If you've looked at some of that food, you might wonder about that one. Mm-hmm. No cough drops. Um, I know, uh, cause it could be mistaken for candy. Oh, uh, I thought it was a cough candy. Well, it is. Yeah. And besides somebody might choke. You never know. Right. Um, okay. How's this one? No raising hands. If you want to answer the question, you have to wait for the teacher to call on whomever the teacher chooses to call. Oh my goodness. I know. Oh, they'd find find out I wouldn't know anything. I keep calling on the ones I don't know. It's like doing... A quiz. That's why we outbanned them off of this show. He's banned Well, and, and some people have said that it's really unfair to call on kids who aren't prepared or yes. who are too shy to speak in, right. in their class. And or they're the ones Any that number would of get, reasons. They're the ones who would be get zeroed on, you know, on the most. Um, Danielle, I'm sorry. The last one, I, I, there was something I was going to add to that one. About no uh, raising hands? No, the, before or the that. cough drops. The cough drop is interesting, yeah. too, because you start wondering how many things are the liability of everything and oh, and outside of whether it's you know having contact whether it's the choking thing that you mentioned and things like that as we get away from oh we can't have fountains because this and that but you can't not be without water so we'll put everything in bottles and and food things we don't want things from outside because they you know you, you start saying is it allergies is it the protection of 
it almost sounds like you know when you when you have an event at a, a library and they say well you can't or or not a library but a place and they tell you well you can't bring public food and we use this vendor to bring food in and yeah. you know you pay them which right. an enormous fee which is which sandwiches. isn't a liability issue it might no. be a union issue That's it might be right. a contract issue so yeah, it's agreement. hard to know with these kinds of rules, what their actual purposes That's are. It. And as I've said before, if you don't know the purpose of a, of a rule, if you can't figure it out, it is on its face unfair. So what kids learn when you have absurd rules, and I'll have a few more for you, um, is that the authorities are unfair. Mm-hmm. So instead of engendering respect for authority, you start finding that kids think that they're just being controlled. Well, and and they're being controlled for some reason. Right. And we know that there are schools that will only permit people to use the washrooms three times a term. Now, just imagine if you're somebody with a medical condition, Mm. you have to reveal that medical condition to your teacher or to the authorities because you can get an exemption if you have this doctor's note. But that really implies that you're willing to give up a lot of private information. Otherwise, imagine that you just get caught short one day. You didn't have a chance to use the toilet during recess because uh, there was a big queue, as there often are. Um, and I know that there are schools that have been trying to fight, for example, the amount of graffiti in the washroom. And if the school has several washrooms, they will close the one with the, the graffiti. Uh, if all the washrooms have graffiti, they right. have been known to close all the washrooms. Well, the punish so what everyone, kids, of course. That's right, because you punish everyone, everyone if one person has done something they ought not to do. And this is the very basis of unfairness. So, you know, some of these rules are not well thought out. One of the ones that uh, I read about, and I think this is in um, Japan, only white underwear may be worn. Now, first of all, uh, query, how do they know what underwear exactly. you're wearing? Do you, do, do you, you know? walk through an x-ray machine, which would be an incredible invasion if that was even... Well, or do they check? I mean, oh, you really... Goodness. I know. No balls allowed because people have been hit by balls. And I'm sure that you're aware that in the winter, there are many Canadian schools that won't let you pick up the snow. Yeah. No snowballs, nothing that where you pick up the snow. Now... What's the point of living in a country that has winter if you can't make <laughs> snowballs? <laughs> right? I mean, if you can't play with the snow, then then why bother? You know, well, we have to ask questions about those. But we also need to ask some questions about odd rules that regulate teachers' behaviors. Um, for example, there are certain schools that say teachers are not allowed to use red ink or red pens when marking students' work. Why? Uh, well, you know, stu- kids could be like bulls, right? They might see red. Yeah. Well, because it's considered too aggressive. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you don't respond uh, to a student. You don't correct their errors. You correct them in. You don't correct them in red. You correct them in green or blue or yellow if you have a high highlighter. Because colors. somehow, yeah, less aggressive. If you think that's true, good luck on that one. Yeah. Uh, as as. Ramia has said no giving first place for contest winners because, uh, you know, then the rest of the kids will will feel bad. And it always reminds me of one of our family's favorite stories. When when my husband was little, he had a, a dog and it wasn't a particular it was not the sort of dog that a, a, 
is award winning, and he um, he entered it into a uh, the, you know a dog contest in his neighborhood, and they tried to give everybody a prize, and his dog got a prize <laughs> for having the pointiest tail. <laughs> so that's a know, sharp dog. That's exactly. So you know, if you have to give the kids awards for every single thing, it gets a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And there often is a kid who is, you know, has has achieved better than they did the term before. And why wouldn't you want them to know that that they have done well? Okay. Some schools uh, or principals, I ought to say, mm-hmm. have eliminated um, teachers' workrooms or lounges. And the principals have done this because they say that the teachers are spending too much time talking and they ought to be working. And you can imagine how teachers feel about that. Uh, Similarly, some principals have eliminated coffee. No coffee for teachers. Why? Because the students can't have coffee. So your teacher cannot sit in front of you with a cup of coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning because you're not allowed to have coffee. My question is, well, why can't everybody have yeah, coffee who wants wow. it? That's yeah. right. So yeah. that's – and, okay, this one I, I love. No, the teachers are not permitted to talk in the school parking lot. No talking what? in the parking lot. Because the principal of that particular school is concerned the teachers may be talking about her. So, <laughs> and my guess is with those kinds of rules, they probably are. are. Yeah. And you know, if it's a Canadian yeah. school, they're probably saying, good, we'll go inside and talk about it where it's warm. Oh, God. Well, I mean, you, as I say, you can't make this stuff up. But you know that a lot of schools have dress codes, but they've also used to, and in some places still have codes about hairstyle and hair length. And one of those rules in the United States went to a court. A, a student who had long hair, a boy, complained. And he said, and the, the judge said, while there is no right to a particular hairstyle, he didn't say that. He said, after due consideration, I fail to find any rational connection between the health, discipline, or achievement of a particular child wearing a hairstyle which touches his ears or curls around his neck and a child who does not. (laughs) The gamut of rationalizations for justifying this restriction fails in light of reasoned analysis. When school authorities complain variously that such hairstyles are inspired by a communist conspiracy, that they make boys look like girls, that they promote confusion as to the use of the restrooms, and that they destroy the student's moral fiber, then it is a little wonder even moderate students complain of getting up tight. (laughs) In final analysis, I am satisfied a comprehensive school restriction on male student hairstyles accomplishes little more than to project the prejudices and personal tastes of certain adults in authority mm-hmm. onto the impressionable young student. <laughs> <Preach>. <laughs> Danielle, <Yeah. laughs> awesome. Personally, all the rules were silly to me, <laughs> especially the one you couldn't roller skate down the stairs. What's that all about? Yeah. What's that all about? Slide down yeah. the banister. <laughs> Danielle, thank you very much. That's interesting, and some of them make you stop and say, Oh, I kind of get that one. And then you worry about yourself and say, why do I kind (laughs) of get that one? Take care. Thank you. Talk next week. Danielle McLaughlin joins us on Mondays. We do our Know Your Rights segment with her. And she was taking us back to school today with some weird school rules. Up next, we'll tell you a little bit about our show for tomorrow. See what's going on over there on TV with the Now with Dave Brown gang. And reconvene after the break.
Well, of course, a big thanks to you for being with us uh, for our Monday edition of the program. Busy show as usual. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts. We like to remind you to check out the podcast when you can. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. Any particular segment, Ramya, you want to send people back to to check out? Well, we had a lot of great conversation on our tech talk with Michael Babcock. Now, we talked Apple, majority of the segment, uh, you know, new phones, new devices altogether, his wife's um, Christmas list, <laughs> all <of> the above. <laughs> uh, but I was also, adding it up. Yeah, see exactly. how much money that Christmas list is. It's a and, pretty big credit card uh, yeah, bill. Michael was, so, I'm sure, going to yeah. be crying. For sure. Uh, but then also to end off the segment, he talked about Outlook. Um, I, I can't remember what they're called now. Quick Steps or something yep, like that? I think that's right. Yeah, where, you know, to, to automate some of the tasks that we have when it comes to our mail tasks. And they're really, really good, Kel. So especially if you're doing something like replying and then archiving and you're using two steps to do that currently, there are ways to get that done in just one quick gesture. Uh, Michael was going through some of that tutorial which was very beneficial it's always amazing when you hear some of the things um, even the archiving what you guys were talking about there not something that i generally use i see it and think oh yeah i, I could utilize that uh, and just mm-hmm. don't but you it's amazing how many things you see some of them you use and you may tell someone this is great it's helpful and i, I always think that's wonderful brock richardson went over on sports some of the rule changes that are coming to Major League Baseball that we've heard about since the beginning of the season and even further back that they were being talked about and uh, the competition committee, you know, got together with Major League Baseball, kind of voted, kind of gave their opinions, which is a really nice way of them being able to do stuff now. And this came out of the new uh, collective bargaining agreement. They Brock really kind of broke some of them down. So if you're wondering what looks to be those changes for next season, check that out uh, via the Kelly & Company podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. Paul Daniel joins us. He's one of the team members over there at Now at Day Brown. You can find their program on AMI-tv at 9 a.m. in the morning. You can also subscribe to their podcast as well. Paul, welcome back, sir. Can you give us an idea what's up tomorrow on the show? Hey, Cal, yeah, tomorrow's show. As the COVID-19 numbers continue to decline substantially, many companies are expecting its workers to return to the office. Yes. Over the past years, many employees have found they like working remotely. Our environmental columnist, Lawrence Gunther, will tell us about what it might take to lure these people into the city and back into the office. And Kelly, hard as it is to believe, but we're remembering the historic Canada-Russia series 50 oh, yes. years later. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll speak with writer and hockey historian Liam McGuire on the significance of the series, why it mattered, and what might have happened had Canada lost the series. And we'll have our weekly news quiz with Dave Brown, testing the current events knowledge of Karen McGee, Alex Smythe, and Jim Crisco. Awesome. Sounds wonderful, Paul. Uh, it's, you really wonder what hockey would look like, where where would be the center of the hockey universe if that, that series had mm-hmm. been lost versus what we always say over here. Thanks, pal. Yeah. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow when we get a preview. Take care, Kelly. Paul Daniel, one of the uh, producers over there at Now with Dave Brown, available on AMI-tv weekdays starting at 9 a.m., Eastern Time. You can also look for repeats of the program on AMI-tv. Well, Ramya, we're out of here. Have a good night. Yes, we are. Talk to you Tuesday. Companies, folks, are raising bugs for food, including food for our pets. Dr. Danielle Johnkine is with us tomorrow. She's got the scoop on protein like this in pet food. Back to school is long known uh, as a really stressful transition for teens out there, folks. One national charity out there is helping make this transition period as seamless as possible. We'll learn a little bit more tomorrow on the show.
Also, St. John's Community Reporter Kim Thistle is going to highlight this year's songs and stories of the land event. A quick and fun way to add to your fall look is with a berry lip. Makeup artist Bella Strange joins us tomorrow and she'll tell us how. And how many shot glasses is too many shot glasses? Ramya Muthan lets us in on her continuing collection of shot glasses. Pour yourself a drink and join us at 2 p.m. Eastern, folks. I'm waving at you. Good night, all. So as we get into the fall, autumn, whatever you prefer to call it, this time of the year, what is your favorite smell? Now, I always say, oh, I love October because, and I know it's the freshness in the air, the crispiness, but one of the strangest things that I always found it funny that I like so much was that odor of the leaves kind of decaying. And I, I, I say that, I'm sure I don't like all smells of leaves decaying, but that sweet smell that I always uh, said to myself, that's maple leaves. That's gotta be because it's sweet. I don't really know, but I also know that we were discouraged very much from kids. Don't go bouncing in the leaves. You know, that's a good way to get lice in your hair. We, we know that that can be a danger, even though that was the coolest thing to do. Grab leaves, throw them around, jump into the piles that people would take hours raking together and along would come some kid. Wee! Love that sound of them. Of course, loved when they got crunchier. You know, before they really decayed and they fell off uh, the trees, they were a little crunchy at times, especially if we had a bit of cold and frost had settled in. Oh, there would just be so many different reasons to play in the leaves. Of course, a few reasons not to, but I really enjoyed it. I always thought in the in in the fall that was the thing I looked forward to so much. I enjoyed so much. That smell was wonderful. However, hmm, when they got soggier, when it got cooler and the smell almost wore off, and of course as they were being broken down or, or swept up and gone, there was so less of that. And that wonderful smell turned to kind of a mucky, murky, late fall odor as it condensed into the soil, started to, and you just kind of, eh. And I think back... These a while ago were these leaves. I just love so much the smell. And I remember as a kid picking up leaves and of course doing the ironing thing with them, you know, on 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 material uh, at school when I was a kid. And it was just always so fun, except the smell was gone fairly quickly, especially that iron <laughs> kind of took it out of it. So one of my favorite smells that I think when I tell people, oh, I love the smell of fall, it's included. It's 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 probably my favorite smell just to get that across the air and into my face, but it's certainly part of the harmony of smells. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.